Yeah. So could you walk us through how you went from receiving this help when you were, uh, you know, confused and and adjusting to the United States to now you are a provider of help. You run Voice in the Wilderness mm. organization, and 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 uh, why don't you tell us a bit about the organization and how it came to be? I actually, um, I actually have always wanted to give back to my community, mm-hmm. uh, but. How this started was that in 2000, when I remember it was when I started, uh, I started college. I went to, I went to, uh, I went to Central College. I think I started there in 2000, uh, 2008, I believe. That's when I started going to Century, uh, Century College. And then one day, um, after school, I just had, uh, I just had this idea that you know what. Uh, I think it would be better to have, to have uh, like an African youth group mm-hmm. that will be able to help each other here in Minnesota. So that was the that's where the idea came from. And then I I remember I came home and talked to my brother and I told my brother about the idea that I had. And my brother said, "Well, why can't we like they say okay? Why can't we um, after consulting with them and they say well, mm-hmm. we can host." like a meeting, let's call some people that can come. Mm-hmm. So we called people at, at my house. So they came to our house and in our basement in Minneapolis, south of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, we told them about the idea that we have. And a lot of people were, were open to it, and they received it pretty well. And they said, well, yes, let's go ahead and do this. So and then we, instead of doing the African youth com- uh, group, we created a United Congolese Youth, so UCY. Uh, that's what we was called. And uh, with that group, we ran it for, so we did election, we, we selected uh, leaders of the group, and they started leading us until from 2000, I think from 2008 to 2011, and then the group you know, died somehow. Mm-hmm. But we did a lot of stuff with that group. Uh, we performed at different universities. Like we had mm-hmm. a dance group. Uh, we went to uh, San Scholastica. Mm-hmm. We performed there. We went to like a lot of African nights that were happening in different mm-hmm. universities, University of Minnesota, Mankato State University. And we performed at different places. And they will pay, too. Like, those, yeah, they also pay a group. And then in the community, what we used to do was we would go to our elders' homes, help them do the yard work, those who, that we knew in the community that they were not able to, to do a lot of hard labor for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we would go there and help them out. And also when there's an event in the community, we'll be the one in the forefront to mm-hmm. to help the community with setup, organizing, and stuff like that. So those were some of the things that we did with the, our youth group. And then when the group ended in 2012, in 2011, uh, and because I have that drive or the I, I felt deeply that we had to have something to help our people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the idea of starting Voice in the Wilderness also came came about. That's that's so great. Um, uh, would you mind telling us uh, where the name Voice in the Wilderness uh, came from? First of all, uh, by faith, I'm a Christian. And the name Voice in the Wilderness, after we were thinking about 
what the name of the organization will be, mm-hmm. uh, that was the voice, like, because we wanted to be the voice of Congolese mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And I know that the voice in the wilderness is something that can't, it came from the Bible, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, from a story in the Bible. But then it was after thinking deeply of how a lot of Congolese feel like the, the United States or Minnesota itself is, is it's, a, it's a wilderness for them. Uh, like they're brought here uh, after three months, they're led to go on their mm-hmm. own by those resettlement agencies. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big place. To us, it's a wilderness. Mm-hmm. This is a wilderness that our people are placed into mm-hmm. and they have no help. So we want to be that voice to show them the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you need something, you come to us, we'll direct you where to go and where you can get the services you need. Or if we have that service, we'll provide that service to you. Mm-hmm. And that's how uh, that's how the name of Voice in the Wilderness came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to give our, our listeners an idea of the kind of um, structural support that comes with being a refugee in the United States. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this three-month time limit. So right. let's pretend I'm a refugee. I'm yes. arriving here. Yes. Um, it's my day one. Mm-hmm. What support do I have? Okay, it's your day one. You're a refugee. Uh, of course, they <laughs> they go pick you up from the airport, and then mm-hmm. I'll just give you that because I have done all that work yeah, as yeah. well. You know, I've been a mm-hmm. refugee case manager. I've done that. So mm-hmm. I'll give you just a little uh, picture mm-hmm. of how that looks like. Of course, when... Uh, for all these agencies, of of course, like the resettlement agencies, right? So they know maybe two weeks or three weeks before a family comes over. Mm-hmm. So there's a, something that's called a pipeline. So they have mm-hmm. this this uh, database that the immigration overseas, of course, that will send to them, right? The, um, mm-hmm. They'll send the list of people that come into Minnesota, different agencies. Like in Minnesota, we have we have um, we used to have five. I believe, yeah, we used to have five resettlement agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic Charity was one of them, which was here, someone on University Avenue here in St. Paul, uh-huh. and Pascal, or something there, somewhere there. Right. Um, so, and then we we have Lutheran Social Services, which is based in Minneapolis, um, and we had, we also have Minnesota International International Institute of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Minnesota Council of Churches, which is also in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is uh, what's called Arrive Ministry, mm-hmm. which is in uh, Richfield. Okay. So these are the main Minnesotan resettlement agencies that receive people from all over the world here in Minnesota. And for me, I have, I, I was privileged, I got the privilege to work for at least two of these agencies. I worked for uh, Lutheran. I started with uh, Catholic Charities mm-hmm. before they closed down. Mm-hmm. So because Catholic Charity, they don't do resettlement work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was able to work for them. And then after that, I also worked with Lutheran Social Services uh, for a couple of years as a case manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when a refugee comes... Of course, the first thing that you do as a case manager, okay, you see the list that comes in the database that they receive the people in, and then you start, the first thing you do, uh, you have to know how many how many people they are, the family is, and now you have to start looking for 
place, a place for them. Let's say if they're arriving in the next two weeks. So you have those two weeks, right, to find them a place. And every individual, the money, somebody might ask, okay, where does the money come from? Like, how do you, as a case manager, how do you even, uh, like, pay for that, right? right? So each family member has is has a grant of $925. Wow, that's it? Yep. Wow. So each individual in the family has 925 So which means if you two people, so 925 times two mm-hmm. and stuff like that, if you are five, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the money, that grant is the grant that the government gives those agencies mm-hmm. to find you a place to live, or you, I mean, the family that's coming, to find them a place mm-hmm. to live, to buy them, let's say if there is a meal or food that like, the family to put in the fridge where when mm-hmm. they come, they can eat. All these things come from that money. If they have to buy them a cell, a cell phone, that money has to come from that as well. Mm-hmm. So you can just imagine how yeah. insufficient this right. fund wow. is. So And then when these people arrive... Okay, they'll probably arrive, the housing, and then find them furnitures. All this comes from this money. So you get them furnitures and everything. So when they come, the house is ready. You take them to the house, and then you start it, you know, after a after, after couple of days, then you tell them about, you start giving them the, the, the calculation of how the money went and everything. Mm-hmm. But you have 90 days to work with these people, and that's when you have to connect them with all the all the social services uh, as much as possible, like in medical insurance, um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the county services, uh, benefits, maybe EBT and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and apply for social security cards for them so that when they get it, they can go straight to work after those 30, um, 30 days. I mean, 90 days, sorry. 90 days. Yes, oh. so you only have 90 days to work with mm-hmm. refugees, which... To me, I feel like it's not, right. it's not enough. And that's where you come in. That's Voice where we come in, actually. That's where Voice in the Wilderness comes in. After those 90 days of... Um, I know the resettlement agencies, do, uh, they do a great job, and they mm-hmm. do whatever they can to make sure that they, they connect people or families to places that they can get services mm-hmm. from, but then sometimes, you know, some people, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty hard for them to even, like, navigate, even if you show them, uh, okay, if you need something, you go here. If you need something, you go here. Sometimes those people, because they don't speak English, it's hard to even for them to go to those places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, for us, that's where we come in, that people can also, our people can feel more comfortable. Like, they will, because we speak probably the same language, right? Mm-hmm. So they will come to us. They'll ask us about things, and if we know of the resources, and we don't have, it's not like we have a time limit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we can only work with you for, for 90 days. Mm-hmm. As much, whenever you feel like you need help, our help, we are here to help. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why we, we started this uh, organization as well, so that people can feel like they have a place to go, mm-hmm. to go ask for, for help mm-hmm. that they need. Juma, do you have anything to add on this conversation about the arrival process and the voice in the wilderness work before we get into um, some other things about your story? I think Kilo mentioned about uh, stepping in also. Um, the reason sometimes voice in the wilderness step in, uh, even though um, 
sometimes you see the case manager they've got is not also only working for mm. one family right. sometimes work for other families and uh, those refugees sometimes they found they, are, they have got need for shopping they have got need to visit maybe to uh to take their kids to school maybe he got a call from the principal no your child need to come and pick your child he's sick mm. and then uh the voice in the wilderness as he said we are not limited so when we start we start as volunteering so we step in and uh, whatever they call us we can drive with them we can drive up mm. our car and they can speak with us any language they want that's why we start these uh, organizations and they feel more welcome mm-hmm. and uh, the other reason is uh the need of uh the language so when we we saw that when the agencies were put or when we are uh, trying to register them for ESL or as a uh, as a benefit our people it was hard to understand and to to navigate all those systems. Mm-hmm. so we said no it's better for us to come with an idea to start also uh, uh, an english school where uh, we will found retired uh, teachers uh, mm-hmm. and then those retired teacher can speak in english and then kill and uh, we can help them also mm-hmm. to interpret the a bit of the the the, mm-hmm. the work the, the teachers are doing and then uh, they can understand once they they get some level of understanding they can go to other level of uh, educations mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah and now uh, as we said we are there are many uh, students who can speak english now mm-hmm. who can be able now to feel no i'm confident i can go uh, to 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 work i can go to mm. to to school uh because of the help they get from 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 avoiding the wilderness that's that's so wonderful 